This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. I'm here with a special guest, another synchronicity, Chef Lance. We're here actually in the uh, Boulder Taspins Organic Store that's right next door to Whole Foods on Pearl Street. And one of the reasons we're here is because they are going to be one of the first, the, the first retail location where people can pick up Tribe Vitamins. And that should be available by February 6th or 7th or earlier. Um, and I'm going to be interviewing the owners because the space is incredible. This is actually the same space where I hosted the uh, inaugural Breaking Normal Sensory Deprivation Speed Dating Experience after Valentine's pre-COVID. And like, it's just so crazy to think about how doing something like that right now would be totally absurdly breaking normal. But anywho, I'm here. I'm just stoked to drop in with Chef Lance because one of amongst many things, um, he had a bone broth company that it sounds like he birthed on an 1111, which if you've been following my journey so far, holy 1111, we got to find out what this means. And amongst many other things, we might talk about the Grateful Dead. Maybe we'll talk about Space Jesus. I parked right in front of someone and their bumper sticker said Space Jesus. And you were mm. asking me earlier about my mom's uh, faith and how and I was like Christian. And you're like, well, anyway, so we'll probably get into that. <laughs> sure. And let's see what other uh, synchronicities pop up. Uh, anything you would like to start with here, Chef, and how we might even, how do you think we know each other? Well, uh, I distinctly remember in the very beginning of the Bone Broth Company, it was you and your brother and uh, J.P. Sears came walking into my warehouse in Carlsbad, California. And you guys were the raw bras and you guys had like, um, you know, ultra hip. I mean, even just totally ultra hip people. And I'm like, you know, I'm Mr. Bone Broth guy or whatever. And I'm trying to be hip, truthfully. Probably not quite as hip as you guys were. And, um, you know, and you guys had just converted. Like you had met Paul Check, I think, or somehow you converted from your raw veganism to, you know, engaging with, you know, with, with, a, with a different paradigm. And uh, bone broth was part of that. And, of course, JP was, uh, I think he had short hair back then. And, you know, he was buff. And he was, <laughs> He's gotten real buff lately, by yeah, the way. I've, I've by bet. the way. I've and, okay, so that's how we originally met. And then how did, what kind of synchronicity brought this meeting together? And by this meeting, I mean the two-hour walk we just took around Wonderland Lake in Boulder as well. Well, you know, um, my life has been truthfully um, all about just, divine intervention and really just being in tune uh, every morning with Rumi, with Hafiz, and just asking God to lead my path. And um, recently, I, I just recently moved to Boulder, uh, September 3rd, after 30 years in San Diego. And uh, we were called up here because of the mountains, because of, of a, a Waldorf school here, and um, just to get out of a crowded area into an area where there's farmland and and trees and just beautiful, a whole different space for us. And I think, uh, so I, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a little business going here and I went on, you know, someone said, Oh, go on Boulder Collective. So Boulder Collective popped up and there you were. And so I popped on your Facebook page and said, Holy crap, Damel's here. Danimal raw bra. So I said, I got to call him still my phone. So I just texted you, dude. And then you were like, we got to talking and, 
you know, um, you said, Hey, I'll have you on the podcast. And I'm like, Jesus, I haven't done podcast. I mean, I probably did a hundred podcasts with the bone broth company with everyone from, from Paul check to, you know, to, uh, Kent wellness mama, Ben Greenfield and all the different people we were on with. And, um, you know, talking about bone broth and stuff and the, uh, so yeah, so you said, hey, I got this podcast, and you shared your podcast with your mom, which is fantastic, and with the tri-vitamins and the, and the, the shaman, and I totally like, I mean, you guys got to listen to that, those podcasts. I mean, just the one with his mom is just like, wow, here's a guy interviewing his mom for his podcast, and you know, you're like, oh yeah, but you know, she was just brutally honest from the heart. You could just feel it, and um, you know, that's the type of thing I vibe with, and you know, the bone broth company, it, it's, we can talk about 1111 with that one in a bit, but just, you know, I rebranded as the high vibe chef since I was the flavor chef and uh, just vibration, man. Just everything is vibration. And you guys talk about the vibration with the ancestral animals here on the planet and, you know, these wild, wild beasts, these beautiful bison that literally can, you know, be part of who you are. And, um, I, I, I vibe with that and I feel that. And uh, my whole high vibe thing is just, yeah, I'm, I want to be around high vibe people. I know, you know, I tell people who, who don't believe me, I say, well, you know what? Albert Einstein, he wasn't too smart, you know. <laughs> Everything is energy, man. And it's just vibrating at a different frequency. So that's what brought me here. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So let's so let's talk a little bit. And I don't want to about the Grateful Dead and honor this room that we're in. Yeah. Man, this room is very on brand to what we're talking about. And I wonder personally for you, how much do you think what we're talking about is influenced by what was talked about in this room leading up to this, this experience? Well, you know, we walked in here. I can, you know, just, you know, there's a sense of vibration of love and this is a healing center. You know, they're doing herbs and herbal re remedies and herbal uh, things. And just, yeah, I could imagine there's been some healing happening in here. People transforming their lives. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just really a, a place to, to honor and to be where we're at right now. I think the, um, you know, the, there, there's, you know, I, I mean, just go back to Paul Check, you know, and I was sitting there, it was 2006. I'll kind of tie in the story here. Um, and I met Paul. And he, if you don't know Paul Check, it's the Check Institute. And we have a common, common. that's kind of what brought us together in a sense. Um, yeah, and those are some of our most like recognized videos. I think people really like dove into the depths of what we were dissecting with Paul. Yeah. Because at that time, especially, there was like a movement of a lot of vegans, public vegans, feeling they could not sustain this. Right. anymore, but their public image depended on sustaining it. Correct. And the Rob Ross were just so raw about it. We're like, yeah, man, we can't, can't get a boner anymore. We gotta get some <laughs> F and salmon, man. It's a bone broth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bone broth, whatever it takes. And I, I realized that that's what it took for me to function fully again was having some animal cholesterol. So then we became like truth seekers about that, the best animal cholesterol we can get our hands on. You know, and that's the greatest thing too. I mean, Paul checks done many things on that, but yeah, it, the truth is always in the pudding. You know, it's like, how are you feeling? And if it's working for you, then it works for you, but it doesn't work for a lot of people. And that's not to say it's wrong. Or I don't, I don't wrong anybody anymore. If that's your path then walk the path, but be honest with yourself. 
Oh, and that was like such a sacred pilgrimage for us. I learned so much about myself and food and the power of cleansing. And the raw vegan diet is a, wow, that's a, um, it's a pilgrimage. Right. Whether you do it for one month or six months or years. But I think when someone gets beyond the months to the years category, it's a very slippery slope into maybe thinking like the path someone could find uh, find themselves on could be the path they could lose themselves on. And yeah. they started feeling real slippery for us. Sure. So we were truthful about that. Well, you know, I'll tie it back into the bone broth because we want to go back to 11.11 and um, tie it back in because bone broth was, you know, was uh, a gateway food. <laughs> there was a lot of people that were like, would be willing to try, especially my bone broth because I was, you know, I had sent out on the mission and, and, you know, I changed my, I went to, uh, on my own in 2007 after 18 years being a chef, I went into my own business and it, it, when I met Paul, I met the Weston Price Foundation, Weston A. Price Foundation and, and animal products and food and in a whole nother light. Um, and that was where I was introduced to bone broth and the concept that bone broth could be this healing, this ancient healing food. Um, that was used in many cultures across the globe to this day, the simmering of, of bones, uh, vegetables, herbs to create a, an elixir that is bioavailable. It, it absorbs its food. So your body recognizes it as, as something it can utilize. And, um, the, the, the natural collagen that comes out of the bones, you know, a, a friend in, in Krista Arecchio from the whole journey, Share with me. It's like liquid, um, liquid bone, basically. So you're getting all the all the matrix of the of the um, the bone marrow as well, which is a blood healer, a blood elixir. And so I got really into that, and it was on. So I, I was in Cardiff Market parking lot on eleven eleven, uh, two thousand seven. And I was, uh, had come through divorce in 2006 and I was kind of coming into my own. And um, I just got like a lightning bolt from heaven, you know, like said, bring bone broth to the market. Like literally it was like that. So I, I went home and I started writing this article about bone broth and I didn't learn it until years, you know, it was probably 2010 or 2000, somewhere around there. I was like, when did I find that? When did I get this, this idea? And there it was in my Word doc, 11-11-2007. And that night I wrote that down. And I was like, My mom's birthday is 7 Eleven, by the way. <laughs> nice. And so, um, and it was in the morning too. I think I could imagine it was 11 Eleven in the morning, truthfully. I mean, I'm, I'm going to just throw that in as an ad, ad libit in there. Um, but the truth is, the, uh, that's when it came about. And I really set foot. And the result of that, Daniel, truthfully, is when you go back 50 years from around history and you say, and someone says, I wonder who was the first person who ever brought bone broth to the market in a marketable packaging in a store. The history books will say it was Chef Lance in Carlsbad, California at Jimbo's in April of 2012. And just prior to that, I'd been on... Uh, you know what date in April? I forget. Was I know it was four April. Or seven? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember it was April. It was early April, 2012, and um, we had launched the website Bone Broth. I, I, you know, in, in right after that, 11, 11, 07, somewhere between there and the beginning of 2008, I took out BoneBroth.com, 
which everyone was like, oh my God, you got bonebroth.com. I'm like, yeah, it was $9.99 on GoDaddy, you know? <laughs> Nobody wanted bonebroth.com in 2008. I couldn't even get people to talk to me about bonebroth for the most part till even 2012. My first experience at, at, at um, uh, Andy Huth at Jimbo's Carlsbad says to me, he says, you know, so, so who's going to buy this? I said, well, you know, you'll see. It's going to sell, man. People are going to buy it. Well, what if, I, what if I have it six months from now? What are you going to do? I said, oh, I'll buy it back from you. But we, we never bought back one bone broth ever. I created the Flavor Chef Inc. out of that company. And, um, you know, uh, I guess my claim to fame, besides being the first one in, uh, it came real popular in 2014. It was when really the popularity hit um, through other things. But the, um, the main thing I did as, a, as breaking normal was I stuck to my guns. I'm not, I'm going to do a slow simmer actual food bone broth that people can get healed with. Uh, so I took out a trademark with a big smiley face again from my dad's days in 1980 with early biokinesiology and the power of a smiley face versus a sad face. You know, so I had a little smiley face that said broth is good for you, promotes a healthier you. That was my trademark. And you know, that was, it was, it was on every package. The second trademark I had was love is the ultimate spice. So here I was, you know, and that was on every package. And eventually we had a little Grateful Dead bear on every package as well. <laughs> but not able to trademark that. I was not able to, it was actually trademarked. <laughs> and when I, sold, when I was selling the company in 2018, late 2018, we got a call right in the middle of it from Rhino Records, who had bought Grateful Dead in 2015. And they gave us a cease and desist. And I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, and they were like, no, you, you, we, we actually own the bear and you can't use it without our permission. So I was like, oh my. But to this day, I'm like, I'm a deadhead, man. And I'm just like, yeah, I saved some bags. That was me. All right, there. Great cool dead dead. And people would ask because it was in the lineup. There was like the paleo symbol, you know, the organic symbol, the Grateful Dead dancing bear. <laughs> People are like, what's the dancing bear? I'm like, oh, that's just because I'm a deadhead and I get to, you know. So um, that was a funny story. The, the you know, the, the owner who was, the guy who was buying the company was all freaked out about it. And, uh, and we had the. So you got that letter in the midst of selling the company? Yeah. What a interesting, that's like the birthing chaos of yeah. sorts, like the rebirthing chaos. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny because, you know. They made a big deal of it. I knew it wasn't going to be a big deal. And the, and the attorney for Rhino Records said, uh, you know, said, yeah, I understand you're a deadhead. We just, we just can't have this endorsement out there. I said, well, look, man, you know, I do a, you know I'm selling bone broth, not records. I'm not promote, I'm promoting the Grateful Dead, which is what the Grateful Dead did. You know, they literally gave their stuff away. That's the way they got so popular. People would, you know, there's tapers in the concerts and they were viral tapes. They were the first they were the first people to create viral like because their ta tapes would go out and share and there would be tape trading and it was a whole scene and um, part, of the, part of the Grateful Dead culture was sharing, intel share, sharing information and sharing, sharing the, the love basically and a lot of it was in the music so I thought oh man and then of course it turned out they, they, they <laughs> the lawyers cost us $4,000 which I had to pay 2000 of and the other guy paid two thousand, and the fine was two hundred fifty bucks. Eh. 
Oh wow! So there was actually you actually two hundred fifty dollars was the fine. Okay. Right, <laughs> yeah. Cool. There's like, like I was like you couldn't. Why, why do you just tell me like look what do you want from me? You know like just take the bear off and we'll charge you two hundred. You know because we hired these attorneys and we're gonna you know and it was it was just it was too piddly. Oh, but I was glad to get out of it and it was. Like I said, as a deadhead, it's like a big thing. Like, I got to be, you know. <laughs> well, there's so much to that whole story that you used to share that I can relate to. I mean, especially sticking to the guns of the, pro the product. Yeah. In the sense, to, in, in the, and you mentioned earlier how the body recognizes the real food. I think that's part of the magic, if you will, in tribe vitamins is because that's what is in the capsule is just bison liver. It desiccated, just that's dried. It. And it's, you know, the, and D Daniel, I mean, again, ancient. You know, you guys mentioned ancient, the ancient peoples and with the bone broth as well as ophal, liver, kidney, pancreas, thymus, the glands, you know, that, those, were, those were reserved for the infirmed. They were reserved for the pregnant and nursing moms. Those didn't, I mean, you only have one heart in an animal. It's interesting like, because it's funny, we only have about 20 bottles of heart left. And now I'm thinking, like, should we reserve those for pregnant women? Yeah, I mean, like, look, because that has this, like, you know, in the, um, in many, many cultures, many tr traditional ancestral cultures, that was where those parts are revered for their medicinal, their nutritional powerhouse. So I'm, I'm picturing, I'm wondering how you picture this, or maybe you actually know much more about it than I even know you do. Are you? How would they preserve it? If they're going to preserve the heart, would they like? Is it just they preserve it so someone can eat it raw, or do you have any ideas around how that may have happened? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, they they were they were they were hunting, so there was cons. I'm not sure they were just eating it, and they were definitely eating it raw. They were definitely eating it raw. I don't think they were cooking those parts, and um, I did get to have uh, one of my good good buddies, Tom O'Brien, Dr. Tom O'Brien. He he, we had an L card for his wedding reception, and um, we had L card tacos. They were the heart is just a delicious, delicious organ, and you don't you cook it like filet mignon, and it was it was good. If we ever get one, we'll well. And my friend Reese, we just talked about Carbondale. He's out with he's got a ticket. He's got a you know one elk this year he can get. So hopefully he's going to get one, and we can get the heart and and do something with that. But well, one of my previous guests, the bison shaman, we had, after that we had elk. Oh, nice. From Carbondale. Oh, nice. I believe. Nice. And then, yeah, for the people up there, if you never heard about Tribe Vitamins, yeah, it was on Kickstarter. It got 111% funded on 11.11 at 11.11 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. then we yeah. did, we fulfilled those <laughs> orders. And if you are listening to this and you're aware, like, where's the next order? They are going to be shipped Friday and Wednesday. So nice. they're shipping. So then our website's live, tribevitamins.com, and we do have elk liver bison liver and a very small supply left of uh, bison hearts. So mm. I, maybe some uh, pregnant moms can jump, j jump on that because I actually sure. think that that's how we have it on the label. It's like excellent for ath students, athletes, um, moms. Yep. Or I don't, I think we say pregnant moms. I think yeah. we say pregnant moms and vegans. Yeah. <laughs> or recovering vegans. Recovering, recovering vegans. Recovering sure. vegans and alcoholics, something like that. Sure, sure. And it really is. Like uh, my dad's have been a pharmacist for 42 years. When I told him about this, he was like, yeah, actually, we have some sort of liver product that a lot of people that have alcohol issues come to get because there's the idea of like heals like. Sure, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, this topic is so fascinating, and especially the bone conversation because I, I uh, one of my other podcast guests, it's called uh, Stop Victimizing Yourself to the USDA. He's an actual water buffalo farmer okay. amongst alpaca, llama, and now they're raising breeding camels. 
and a mm. really brilliant guy and really understands like the ins and outs of how farming has got mixed up with our government and mm. how this subsidized grain deal and enhancing meats with phosphate water and all this crazy crap. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But one of the things I got from his farm was buffalo bones. Oh, nice. Um, that were canoe cut. And I just heated those up in the oven. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever, that, that marrow in mm. there. Oh my God. It's one of the greatest things on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Bone marrow is definitely revered for its, now, I mean, you know, it's flavor. I mean, it's basically fat. So, what's it's, the best way to consume it, in your opinion? Um, yeah. Do you really think? Do you think bone broth is better? Like, if someone's like, "Well, I, I love, I, I'm sold. I am sold on bone broth." But like, yeah. What about if I just want like well, the, just the marrow? Let, let, let's just be clear too. Okay. You know, let me do a clarification Please. for you, which I've done hundreds of times. You know, bone broth is don't bone broth does not come in a box. First of all, the the aseptic package box bone broth is 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 truly you know again I they, they could be very successful, but I want I don't want to stand in their shoes on the day because it's bullshit. It's basically I don't know if I can cuss on this program or not, but <laughs> but it, you know it's just such you know it, you. listen it's it's sterilized, so you wouldn't have your daughter if you were sterile. You'd be you'd be impudent. So you know the, this the stuff in a box is basically sterilized. Bone broth. Um, and then you just have everyone, uh, you know, anything, you get what you pay for, you know. So like I said, with, with my company, The Flavor Chef, which I don't own anymore and was sold, and they do, they started hot packing the bone broth. So be careful with that too because you can't put 200-degree 200, 200 liquid into plastic bags and hope you're not denaturing and, you know, basically. But that's a USDA thing too. Like USDA is telling them to, you know, you got to get it to a certain temperature and do this thing, and then they, they get these extended shelf lives. So, you know, how long? And that's is- partly too because they're dealing with actually USDA animals. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, I'm not dealing with the USDA directly because I'm dealing with an exotic. Right. Elk and yeah, bison are exotic. The, the bison are, and the story the shaman tells is just beautiful about the bison, their meaning, and the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Excited to get some bison, some real good grass-fed bison. I haven't had it in a while, but you know, as a chef, I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to start cooking with some of that. All right, let's get a little nerdy, sure. Bio, get- biohacking nerdy. Sure, gelatin, collagen, gelatin and collagen. What's the other one? Like you, that there seems to be some sort of bone broth iteration sold right. under so many different names, and right. I'm trying to understand. Do you understand the difference between like gelatin and <laughs> collagen? Well, go, well. It, the, the gelatin is the cooked form of collagen. So, okay, and then yeah. what is the collagen exactly? Co- the collagen is what is what is the is the uh, connective tissue, the ligaments. Yeah, the ligaments, the connective tissue, and that's it. And that's what they. And that's you know your your body's made up of collagen. And again, I will say apparently because I'm not I'm not full. I would always tell people, look, I'm a chef. I make delicious tasting bone broth. That's another thing you can't really get good tasting bone broth. Uh, mine was really good tasting. I don't know it's now. Uh, mine was always made with uh, with uh, spring water, 100% spring water. Did not use tap water. Did not use filtered tap water. Um, we were getting Palomar Mountain spring water in Carlsbad, in uh, Vista, where we were in California. And I'm still making bone broth. I started making it again after they sold my partner who sold the company, sold it to another company. My non-compete went away. And I'm only making it for uh, someone you should interview, Chris Buchanan of Gananya Cafe. She's a she's a she's a shaker and a mover, and she's she only uses my bone broth. You know, she will not sell only other bone broth. And I started to make it particularly for her 
um, using free range organic chicken from Jadori and some other location, some feet from them, and just really using spring water, simmering at the right temperature, getting full gelatin uh, in the broth every time. So a lot of broth. So that's are, gelatin that what floats to the top of the bone broth. Well, gelatin is the gelatin is the, is is when it's when it's like thick like Jello. Yeah. Okay. The, the, what floats to the top is the fat. Okay. So we okay. we that that's a mouthfeel thing. We'll take the fat off generally. Okay. And why is that? Why is because just for mouthfeel? Okay. I mean, mouthfeel, the, yeah. the, because it gets pretty crispy up there. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know, again, with with most bone broths right now, um, I would just say buyer beware. If you could find a local bone broth person, that I you have know, a local one that, that I want you to taste, and yeah, I want yeah. I want to do some bone broth broth comparisons with you if you're open for it. Absolutely, and you know, again, it, it, you know, it's all the intention too, and the vibration. I mean, what's the vibration behind the bone broth? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a mm-hmm. vibration to make a shit ton of money and get a whole set of people out there that are buying your product and you're on the fire? You know, you're you're kettle and fire and you're just bullshitting in my opinion the people and then of course they sell and they made a lot of money good for them but in my opinion that kind of stuff is just um i don't know i don't i don't i don't know i'll I'll do a paul check and call spade a spade you know (laughs) i mean call it what it is you know and and for me um i'm out of the industry completely I'm, i'm working on a whole new project which you tasted earlier which is a, a much funner thing, mm-hmm. much more happiness involved. <laughs> but um, but yeah, again, the bone broth is definitely, in my opinion, a way to heal. And I would I would suggest you know just like with you know animal products, make your own, man. Just throw a freaking chicken in the pot and some vegetables and some water and simmer it up and get organic chicken. Get some- oh yeah, let's hear this specifically because I have a crock pot in this place that I'm renting sure. right now. What do you recommend for someone that's like I've never made the bone broth? And they have a crock pot, and that's what they have right now. A couple of things would be one is if you get a if you get a if you're roasting chicken or eating chicken, always eat it with the bone. Save the bones. You do need a fairly good amount of bones. Go so to how your, many bones to put in that crock pot? Uh, depending how big it is, but usually it's my bone broth was always about a pound of bones to a quart of to a 24 ounces of bone broth. So if I did if I yielded 20 if I yielded uh, two quart, four quarts of bone broth, four gallons, you would need four pounds of bones. Now again, you so can it's eat- a gallon, I mean, a, a pound of bones per quart of water. Correct. That's what you think you should the, put in the simmer to begin with. Yes, and you got to get feet if you can. Okay, great. And again, feet generally, uh, Whole Foods generally has feet available. Organic is the is the key moniker. You're not going to find truly. What about again, just chicken feet? What if it was a pound of chicken feet? Would that be good or not? You would have a very gelatinous bone broth. But again, the pound of chicken okay. has to be organic, Daniel. Yeah, it has okay. to be. Okay. Or, Thank or, you. Thank you. You know, you're probably not going to find, you know, we were using Mary's organic free-range chicken. I visited Pittman Farms in, in, in the beginning of the deal to see how they were doing everything, you know, mainly raised, the whole thing. The, the people that say they're doing pasture-raised, it's just not true. It's not true. There's not enough bones to do what they do on the level they do it. And there would be pictures of chickens running around the farm with grandma picking the carrots and it just wasn't. Uh, it was. It was. It was a deception. It was a marketing deception. But uh, that said, you know, I never claimed pasture raised on mine because I didn't. You know, I, was, I told we use Mary's free range organic chicken. I've been to the farm. I met the farmer. I met the chickens, and I'm happy with. I'm happy with the vibration at that point. Again, I'm, I'm the high vibe chef now, doing high vibe meals, and we're you know we're sticking on that level. And again, it, it does come from the creator as well. 
All right, here, here's something. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk more off air on, on the on the bone broth thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. I actually, yeah, th- that's a good point because I was going to ask you one more thing and I was questioning if it should be on air or not. And now I'm realizing off air it is. Okay. Tell, now tell me about this, um, how, what you're doing now, what the, how this you were just alluding to, the vibrations. Yeah, I mean, so. High vibe, what is it? High vibe. The high vibe chef. High vibe chef. Tell me about the high vibe chef. Yeah, the high vibe chef. You know, I, I mean, through all the things I went through, some personal trauma and selling the company and different things I was doing, you know, I really came down to, you know, again, energy, everything's energy. How, how is it vibration? How is, you know, what is the connection in the, we're in the room. We're talking about where, well, what's happening in this room. You know, what happened in this room? What's the energy here? And so when you become more sensitive to that, you can sense it in people's people, animals, um, more, you can become more intuitive with things. So, the High Vibe Chef is doing, I'm doing High Vibe Organic Meals. I do them in San Diego. And I'm, I'm up here in Boulder. So I have a team down there running the, running the show. And, uh, you know, it starts with fresh produce at the farmer's market every week. We have a beautiful farmer's market there year-round, which we don't have here in Boulder. But we, we're getting mostly cow organics up here when we get vegetables. So, um, yeah, just really trying to create food for people that's going to help, help them live a better life. And... When we start with vibration, it goes from me to the food, to the place I'm making the food, to where I source the food, um, free range. I'm getting a free range, organic, wild caught fish that have swam in the ocean and wherever they, you know, wherever they're swimming, mostly Alaska for the most part. Um, in San Diego, I can get local. And then, what are, they, what are you doing? Are you delivering meals to people, or what's the? Yeah. Pro- are, you, are people hiring you as a private chef, or what's the details from here? Yeah, haven't really done too much private chefing since COVID, but mostly, yeah, we have a meal delivery company. We we prepare the meals. We have a menu every week, and we basically put it out, and you know, and uh, and then I have my my other. My other entrepreneurial, you know, once you become an entrepreneur, it just keeps going. You know, you're like, what's what's going to be next? So, I'm doing that, and I'm trying to pass it on to my guys in San Diego, and, and I can build my rock and roll cookie company. So, because oh, you have a, that, that's the next thing that's in the works is a the, rock and roll cooking. The cookie. rock and roll cookie company, that, and that's is, the samples that we had here today. Yeah, and then, um, but those are not. That's not a business yet. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It's very. It's very startup. It's very startup. If anyone wants to, to to send me an email at flavorchef at gmail or text Daniel and say, hey, I want to help you get this thing going. Um, that's why I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter would be again. With, I would need way more organization to to pull off a Kickstarter. But uh, um, that sounds like an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> and I say that. I, I just I tried to kickstart with bone broth and it totally failed. We just we weren't. I we say weren't. that because I want to do a little shout out to our space here because um, not only who Tasmans. we met today, Emily, yeah, the Taspins, who I'm stoked. I'm like stoked. People are coming to ask. Like, yes, what a dream come true it is for someone to listen to this. Go into Taspins to get a bottle of Tribe Vitamins and then potentially meet Emily, who we just met today. Yeah, who's awesome. Yeah. And or my friend Raquel, who you've yet to meet. Yeah. But she did get, I trust this is not confidential information, but she got married by uh, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer in wow. Maui. And then my friend just yesterday morning, he sent me a picture of this book, like Excuses Be Gone from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he was just like telling me how he believes uh, there's some kind of resonance between me and him. And, oh, wow. uh, and I was like, this. I actually, first of all, I can't tell you how much I resonate with that. And I think it has something to do with because he and I have both studied memetics 
memetics, like specifically like aware of the book, like Virus of the Mind. Uh, and, the, the, and that's Wayne Dyer. No, no, no. But we've both studied it. So nice. I think there is a resonance of sure. us. And But with the book the book he sent me was ex, like Excuses Be Gone or something. So <laughs> that was like partly inspired by this synchronous bubble that I'm in right now to say thank you to Raquel, to thank you to Emily. Thank you for the owners of Taspens and what y'all are doing because uh, I feel pretty blessed to be here and learning more about what you're up to. Sure. And I'm, I'm super psyched to learn about what you're up to too, man. It's cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing, man. When we're bringing ancestral wisdom into onto the planet right now, uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit about the disconnect sometimes in some of these places where people are just disconnected right now, and uh, it's partially nutritional deficiency. You know, people can't think for themselves because they're you know if you think about well, certain you things. Know, with my mom and dad when they got COVID, they yeah. were had they I, they were honestly having issues thinking clearly. Right. So you're saying that you think a lot of the chaos, the chaos, cultural confusion is because people are confused because they're not they're not fed correct. I think that's very true. Yeah. I think that's absolutely. I mean, if you just if you just knock the dominoes down to the to the ba- the basics, and you got kids, you know, kids that are now adults, or as we like to say sometimes, adults dressed in kids dressed in adult clothing, basically. <laughs> yeah. The, you know. Uh, Basically, just raised on sugar and processed garbage. I mean, uh, and they're just their their brains don't function. Yeah, I mean, mean, the way I look at it a lot is that our culture resembles the factory farms a lot, right? And it is a it is like a a red we are we are under red flag conditions of what people the herds are eating right now. Sure. Yep. And the way the system is set up is messed. We got to do something. Yeah, there's a change coming for sure. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be un- you know, I think it's it's going to be uh yeah, I, your grass you, the when you were talking about the shaman was talking about the you know, getting the bison back on the grass, they're going to have to go on the grass cuz there's the grain, you know, even the GMO thing, it's just it's just not it's just not a good situation. But, you know, for for people for us right now, it would be the encouragement. The encouragement would be, "Hey, you know what? Don't 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 eat. You don't eat the elephant in one. You know the whole elephant. You eat one bite at a time. You know start start with some trying to figure out first of all for yourself. You know investigate for yourself what we're talking about. Is it true or not? I don't know. I believe it because we we've, we've talked about it. You you believe it. You believe it enough to bring a company to to fruition and bring this incredible ancestral medicine to the to to people that can't get it any other way. People that won't eat it won't make it. I mean, people were talking about, we talk about bone broth. Nobody's going to make, people don't make bone broth. Well, it's easy to do. Uh, well, you know, when you got 95% of the culture driving through, you know, that's just a, that's just a place, you know, food doesn't go, food doesn't come from the drive through It comes from the farm, comes from raising, raising good animals. And, and growing your own food is going to be critical in the near future, in my opinion. You know, and, and starting a garden and really learning to, you know, my son, fortunate to be in a Waldorf school. We've been fortunate, in my opinion, to be son of a chef, you know, because he, he loves food, man. And he we've taken him out to the farms. We've taken him out to, to places where he can get his hands dirty, where he can pick the corn off the vine, where he can put his, we can pull out a ras- radish or pull a tomato off the vine, pull a green bean out of the ground and, you know, taste a green bean or, you know, these kind of things. And that's not that, you know, that's not common. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. I'm, I'm having a bit of a 
little conviction here, like thinking, yeah, I'm like, I do purposely live in bubbles where I am not aware of what 95% of people are eating on purpose. Mm. And I've had the reality checks, like when I've gone to like a place where I like see the Chick-fil-A line and I'm like, what in the heavens? (laughs) 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 Like, it's like... And then I'm like realizing the more I look into that. And I used to do that. I used to do that. and used to have all kinds of issues with like inflammation and acid reflux and sure. uh, injuries. I'm like, I'm not saying they were directly, but I don't think my body was recovering correctly because I was trying to just get as much protein as possible through whatever drive through I could that tasted the best. Right. And right. that is, once again, like this is a real, like with all the red flag situations going on, <laughs> like all the code reds going on right now in the country, this is a code red situation about what most people are eating most of the time yep for sure for sure and and you know from my perspective as well it's it's been sort of it's been sort of a you know it's been set up that way by 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 you know by corporations doing what they do and um I mean, I think I think we're both in a place of believing that there's a paradigm shift. You know, I, I learned recently. Did you know that on December 21st of this year of 2020, winter equinox was literally the first minute of the first the first minute of the first day of the age of Aquarius. Someone else recently told me this. You know, actually, I, well, yeah, I learned. Jennifer. That. I was like, you hey, know, Jennifer this is and Lance, thank this you is for- just incredible. I mean. We talked about the dawning of the age of Aquarius, but you got to understand this is planetary. This is this is a planetary shift, and as people that are in the light, people light light beings, and people that are today's meeting with you and me coming up here, and just things that are happening. First of all, a lot of things are going to happen in the age. For, like individually, we will become more into we were we look. Everyone has intuition. It's just a matter of you access it or not. So if you want to access into how you're going to heal your body, you can. You just got to slow down, turn your phone off, stick your feet on the earth, lay on the ice at Wonderland Lake, kiss the mother. You know, literally, when we're laying on the ice, bare-backed on the thing, we're just kissing the mother. The vibration of the earth underneath everything from from right up there is just going. It's a healing thing. It's just the way we're, we're healing, you know. And it's not. That's breaking normal, dude. <laughs> you know, there's nobody today, tomorrow, the next day that's going to lay on that ice with their shirt off. Nobody. Yeah, so, I, I, <laughs> I would probably say that's most likely accurate. <laughs> but there are except a few for, rivers, except for those few Wim Hof people that yeah, we're, we're going to join on Sunday. There's a few rivers that people are there. That yeah, there, for sure, there. very few. Very few. And I agree. I surround myself with those few breaking normal outliers and on purpose, once again, because especially because I'm raising a daughter and I realize like life is a choice in so many ways. Absolutely. I mean that in so many ways. And I understand like I've been to bars and had fun with people and I would drink a couple beers and they want they want to drink 20. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's there's a different reality right here. Yeah, yeah. We're about to have totally different realities, well, my friend. You know, we, and that's we, a choice. You know, a choice for sure. I mean, I I've um, dealt with some things in the past, and you know, I'm I'm we're in Colorado, big you know, ca- there's 14 states now that legalize cannabis, and if you go into the whole cannabis, snap. CB- I'm give some snaps to that. There we got 14. I think there's 14 and now. It's like, isn't it like federally decriminalized? It's federally something? decriminalized. Whoa, you whoa, know, the, more snaps. More yeah, snaps. Come but on. it's 
it's like one of those herbs, like the cannabis has been part of our culture forever. The, you know, this huge rage for CBD. And of course, now we got to, now you got to be real careful. Like, is it real? Is it, how, you know, how, where Funny you, you say that? I think this is what they specialize here in Taspens is CBD. Right. And the organic enough. and, you know, again, is it, is it, uh, again, so the way it's going to be, is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a vibration and it's going to be your own sense of the vibration and then your own intention as well. Um, but yeah, with the, you know, with the cannabis thing versus say alcohol, you know, or versus like the hemp industry. I have a friend who, um, is big into the hemp industry, um, hemp CBD as well as hemp as a fuel, hemp as the, the plant that it is because, and he was going, he only saw him for a short time, but he was, and I'll get back in touch with him, but he was definitely, you know, there's, there was a whole conspiracy, right, in the beginning of petroleum and hemp, you know, and the, the Rockefeller, whoever, that whole thing went with the petroleum and the hemp got de uh, demonized. But, you know, the, uh, the cannabis, sativa, or, you know, whatever, indica, whatever you're getting, and, and again, it's, 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 it's a medicine. You know, and it, it's maybe a, it's it a, needed to get like burned down so everyone could get the, the strong <laughs> whiff of what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm a, um, I feel like you know it's a uh, it's a definite healing herb, and uh, again, it could be easily abused, easily misused, easily. You know, I I, I was uh, told by my shaman, happened to be Paul Check, that you know, for me individually. Uh, Outdoor grown organic, you know, well, because the plant has a vibration itself. I agree with that. You know, I say I agree with that. You know, and you're and you're you're you're, you're into the, this whole. And again, now you got the, the you know, there. What's the motivation behind the cultivator? And is there a motivation in? Yeah. Well, what does it come? You know, the almighty dollar. You know, the the, the how much money? You know this. And when we talked about it with him too, the he called it the age of uh, the age, the myth. There's always a myth of an age, and our myth is consumerism. And and I call the myth of our age is you know basically that it, the more you consume, sort of whatever you might be, uh, but it's a myth, and it, it's a dangerous one too. Materialism, consumerism, and it's just uh, so yeah. So what's the energy behind it? What's the vibration? And uh, for me, that's that's what it came down to, and. Um, you know, glad I'm glad to see, you know, a lot more, you know, many many people being exposed to to the power of this medicine, and the ability for the medicine to heal, to heal parts of your body, parts of your psyche, um, that you can't access until you take some, smoke some, vape some, you know, eat some, and and then you you have that opportunity to to basically. Uh, be in a place that your your things break down. I mean, I personally don't drink alcohol, but it's just a choice I make. And I'm sure there's modalities. There's you know tinctures and alcohol that that can be used, and tinctures that are probably in this place where there's tinctures. But you know that's a another lots of tinctures, <laughs> a lot, lots, lots of, of mason jars and tinctures <laughs> and mystical paintings. Absolutely. You you mentioned yourself earlier on the walk as a mystic, a Christian mystic. Is that what a you said? Christian mystic. Tell yeah. me about the space Jesus, if that's related well, to mystic. I think Christian mystic. Yeah, well, because uh, people beyond because people want to talk about you know the 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 religion the religions or religiosity or whatever. But you know there was a there was always a mystical part to most religions, and 
it's 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 a non dogmatic view of of quote you know let's say say the teaching of Jesus rather than you know Christianity you know so I'm into the teachings of Jesus um, recently I've uh, written a bunch of poetry you know my first uh, one of my poems went like it goes like this headlines read um, extra extra read all about it headlines read. And what do you picture? You picture this kid on a street with a newspaper, you know, and he's showing it off and he's got a little hat on and he's selling newspapers in the 50s, you know. God speaks, says, I love you. Done. And that's would be a mystical form of Christianity, just saying God loves you. There's no attachment to that. There's no dogma. Come on over to my sandbox, why? You know, so just when I said 2006, maybe we'll close on this one. I'm not sure, but I, I went through a quick, I went through, I went through a transition 2006. I met Paul. I got divorced from my ex-wife and I also was kicked out of two Christian churches. I'd been an evangelical for 15 years. And I was so mad because I left Jerry for 15 years. It was kind of a bummer. Well, I got back right back into it, and I was born again, deadhead in 2006. And I went to my first dead show then, and I hadn't smoked weed in 15 years. And it was just, it was, it was, I was mad for a little while. I was angry that that happened. But, um, you know, and they demonized, the churches demonized weed like it was worse, but you'd have alcoholic, raging alcoholics, raging, you know, sex fiends in the church. Obviously, it's obvious news, you know, I'm not. I'm not telling anybody new. There's a great reference to a previous interview with my friend Stephen Cowan, who's also in Boulder with a company called Microgreens. Okay. He calls Boulder the Silicon Valley of superfoods. I don't know if you've heard that. Absolutely. Um, For sure. That's why I'm here, man. Come on. Yeah, okay. So and he actually freeze-dried our first Kickstarter batch, our organs. He has freeze-dryers. Nice. So anyways, the he's part of the- freeze is uh, yeah, cool. He's part of the, one of the Energy Collective podcasts, and he comes from a home of exactly what you're talking about, where- like, yay, everyone, you drank what you want to drink, but do not sh- do not let me get a whiff of something like that herb. Right. Yeah, right. So it's just, this it's just is- a huge disconnect. But anyway, the, you know, and to, you know, went through that, and I had this, I kind of created this this idea, you know, oh, oh, co- come to my church, come to my church, and, you know, oh, no, no, you can't go to that church. We're right. We're right. Oh, we're right. We're, you know. And finally, I went through all these, I went through this proverb where I was like, created this proverb like, oh, I went to their church and no, that church was wrong. This church is, because everyone's trying to say they're right. Right about what? So, you know, and, uh, you know, at, at, the end of, at the end of the day, it comes down to what, you know, what, uh, like some of the teachings of Jesus, like it's better to give than to receive. You know, and I practiced that this year came to me really strong in a, in a, in a meditation. And the whole idea of the giving is just when you're giving, you're, you're receiving, you know, it's that simple. And you don't give to get, you give because that's who you are. That's what God made you. We're all one, you know, we're all part of the whole same human organism. So I think, uh, that's a bit mystical for sure. And, uh, but people, they, they want to, they'll, they'll die to be right. Um, and typically they're wrong. <laughs> you know, at least, and, and for them, like I say to people. I don't I know say, if I've ever heard that quoted in that way. I say, people will die till they're right. 
to to be right. To be right. And to be they right. Were, and they were wrong. And they were wrong. Whoa. I mean, that's a good you, quote. Have you, you ever heard that quote from anyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> it just flowed out of me. Chef Lance, quote it. <laughs> quote it and share this episode and review it, please. We're, <laughs> I, we're a few episodes, I think we're a few reviews away or close to it of uh, 300 reviews on the Breaking Normal podcast. And people uh, love this podcast. So thanks for being on it. No, I'm excited, dude. I mean, like I said, I gladly write a review. You shared a couple podcasts with me yesterday and I wanted to listen to them, see what the show's about. And, and fantastic. I'm looking forward to exploring more and easily give you, not just because I'm on, but I'll give you a five-star rating because it's just fun. And, you know, <laughs> you have fun conversations about real, about real life, you know, what's, what's, what could be better, man, you know? But uh, I think on the, you know, on the, on the uh, as Rumi was a mystical Muslim, uh, St. Francis was a mystical Christian. You know, and it was a, it's a Christianity born out of the love for the teachings of Christ where, you know, it, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God first. So love you know, your neighbor as yourself. Let's break that down for a moment. Sure. There's some people that the way they love themselves, I don't know if I would want them to love me that way. Ever run into that? Ever run into that with that I, philosophy? Well, again, I'm going to go right to the teachings of Jesus because when he when he shared that, it was you know it comes down as the golden rule. It's part of basically every. I understand it. I'm playing uh, angels advocate. And yeah, yeah. Because I say angels because isn't the devil a fallen angel? So if we, <laughs> and if the devil's in the details, can't we give it wings by paying attention to it? Maybe. Sure, I don't sure, know, sure. Being aware of it, I'm just thinking out loud. Angels, in the, I love the angels in the. I, I love like this it. conversation. Uh, but I some people get so triggered by certain aspects yeah. of it that because. They may be willing to die to be right when they might be wrong. Yeah. That's an interesting and, conversation to have. And that's the thing, too. It's like, I'm not going to go judge those people. But Jesus clearly said, do not judge lest you be judged. And, and, and then they'll forget about that part. Like, no, no, I am going to judge you because I need you to be over here instead of over there. And even we talked about it on the way. I said, you know, Ziggy Marley, man, love is my religion. I don't convert. I don't condemn. And I'll allow those people to walk the path they need to walk. Um. And I'm, I'm ready to get and, some musicians on this show. Ziggy included. Ziggy, Ziggy Damien, Trevor Hall. Nice. Trevor Hall's local, I think. Boulder yeah. has a lot of music flowing oh, yeah, through yeah. the veins here. Cool. Welcome. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I don't mean, I'm, I'm just interjecting because yeah. this conversation's fun. I don't know where we're on the minute mark. Hold right. on. Let me it looks see. like we have 49 minutes. 49. Here. So we are free to. We're uh, in. We're free to say <laughs> hi to Emily again and close this thing out. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure that we include? Not really. I mean, I'm just having a good time here and, and I'm excited to I'm excited to face life every day. I'm excited to wake up and, and breathe and just live. Just enjoy I, living. I know. I know what I want to talk about. Okay, go, go here for it. I am. I'm here. I, you know, you know, I have that. You haven't met her yet, but you know, I have that beautiful three and a half year old Davina. I can't wait to meet her. And here we are looking for, we're making, we're ready, ready to make a decision on a school any day now. Yeah. Any day now. Yeah. And I'm aware there's Waldorfs. I am aware there's the sure. uh, Montessori's. I'm aware that there's even like alternative ones. I'm aware that there's like Scandinavian based play schools. I mean, Boulder has so many different options for yeah, the situation. Yeah. yeah. So I know you seem to be biased, obviously, towards Waldorf because that's where your child is enrolled in. But tell me, what do you, you got to say about that for pe people in my situation? Well, you know, I think that... They want the best for their children. Uh, yeah, I'm a big... I mean, we, we've had my son Dylan into uh, Waldorf schools from the beginning, from three years old. I think 
the main um, the main call to that was that they really teach children. First of all, they look at children developmentally, so they're not going to be getting. There's no technology. They don't need technology. Well, my kids, no, you know what? The kid, your kid at five years old, the technology has it seven or ten. We'll make the technology did at five obsolete. It's already obsolete. You know, if you've, you, you know, so there's a, there's a note, there's basically in, in, in your age bracket too, the only thing you could do wrong was, would be put walls around the kid and tell them, tell them to start learning because they need to get education for, no, a three year old needs to play. And the idea of Waldorf education in the beginning from three to six is the idea of socialization. So the kids play in the yard, they're unstructured. It's a, it's a time for them to learn to get together, to learn to interact, to learn to, and to understand that Steiner understood that you give a child what he needs for his developmental age, not for what society is saying they're going to need. I mean, there are kids in, you don't do, for instance, you don't do team sports. You don't do competitive sports until eighth grade in, in Waldorf education. It's not necessary. Um, and I think my son is naturally athletic. He's super, uh, it's a beautiful, but yeah, so I would be, I would be, um, and other things, you know, the, uh, when they, so he got into first grade, he was with his same class. The students are in the same class with the same teacher for eight years, if that works out that way. And what that creates is community. Imagine, and it creates the kids to learn to solve problems among themselves because they're, they're in, they're interacting with each other daily. And you know, when I grew up, there was, we had to change classes every year. You never really got to know anyone. Parents then become part of the community. So you have a, a kid, you know, and, and then you meet all the parents and then there's a community around that. And then there's, you know, there's decisions that are made. And, and like, for instance, my son, it was decided that he, he would stay three years nursery kindergarten. So he's six, so he's 10, he's in the fourth grade. Most 10 year olds are in the fifth grade, but he's not one year behind. And they're focused on the arts movement. They do a thing called Eurythmy, which is spatial dynamics and things about their body. They get to learn who they are as people. And what I've seen really with the end result of a Waldorf education is self-confidence and who they are as humans. To become, to, to nurse a child to be who they're meant to be, whether it be a poet, a forest ranger, you know, God forbid a chef. <laughs> but, you know, um, Dylan's already told me he wants, he, he wants to be a singer. So he's a, he's a natural rock and roller. And, he, and we sing. We sing from our heart. And uh, we, we enunciate, you know, we just uh, do that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, look into it again. Feel, feel it. Feel it, you know. Come up to Boulder Valley Waldorf School and take a look at the campus and look at, look at the art the kids are doing. Um, drawing. There's like several Waldorf schools in the reality. I mean, yeah. there's like well, there's two main it, ones. There's incredible. the Boulder Valley and, and the Shining Mountain, and then the Montessori schools too, because they sound pretty similar. Do you know the different, the main difference I, in you your know, opinion? I, you know, Roxanne asked me on the walk, and I I don't really know that much about Montessori. I do think it's a little a little more structured. They have and, little, oh, and then we're talking also for because if we're talking about mass amounts of people, there these are pri- these are expensive schools relative yes, to yes, the normal. Yes. 
schooling. Yeah, the, the Boulder That's Valley, the other situation. The Boulder Valley is less expensive than the. It is uh, a private school education. Yeah, but I'm thinking but, too because we brought up the how the if we is a code red for food for the masses. It's actually a code red for the education of the masses as Abs- well. Absolutely. I mean, I mean it's it's it's, it's devast- musicians it's like Pink Floyd. I think of Pink Floyd immediately. Like no education. Yeah. We None of that brick need, in the wall no, stuff. Yeah, no education. more bricks in the wall. Shit. Yeah, man. And How many walls can we build? Exactly. <laughs> Let it go. And I'm telling you, the, start building some circles. The, yeah. Well, again, and when you see these kids get together, you know they they learn verses, they learn songs. We sing. You know, we have gratitude prayers for the meals. You know, and we they. Um, in nursery, kindergarten, they have a, uh, you know, in our particular school it was in Sonderling Waldorf in, in San Diego. And they would make a great, they have a grain day where they would eat, you know, millet and they would make bread. Uh, oh, do you want to go get the best pizza in Boulder after this? <laughs> if, uh, if, if, if that's on, if that's on tap, it sounds good. <laughs> if it's on tap. <laughs> have, have, have you been to Basta? I have not. I, I'll give that a shout out. I think, but someone else told me a, another pizza place. I, but you eat pizza as well, as in addition to bone yeah, broth. Yeah, not the. I do eat pizza. Yeah, I'm, I've been. I'm not a huge gluten eater, but I don't. It doesn't bother but me. But this much is either. all heirloom Colorado dough. Uh, yeah, the, typically milled here. Yeah, like the Prager Brothers bread. Yeah, exactly. In, very in, similar. In um, San Diego. Yeah, I, I will go there for sure. Yeah, I love yeah, some good bread. Sure. I love yeah, no. I love the art of bread making. Even, like I love to be around the art of yeah, bread, bread making. Works. Yeah, Breadworks. Breadworks has got a good bakery mm, here too. I they, they're too all much there. heirloom heirloom grains as well. Okay. I think organic. Oh. And again, again, what is what what is the reason for that? The reason for what? The reason why it's so good. Oh, I mean, I I hear the intention and the vibration. I mean, heirloom right off the same thing with bison. Bison are heirloom, and in a way, I mean, it depends oh, if you look at the what sure. happened when the ice age hit and the prehistoric bison versus bison now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into the genetics. I'm aiming to understand that. Very few people seem to, it's yeah. the few, a rare few, I think, understand this, the genetics of all this. But the heirloom, meaning that it's a, fir- like heirloom tomatoes, meaning that those seeds will reproduce tomatoes, meaning the, yes. it's a living life force. Meaning that it hasn't been genetically modified as well. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes genetic, genetic modifications are not necessarily GMO, but they've been modified to do a certain thing by, you know, certain grafting and different things. So the heirloom seeds are pure, uh, meaning they haven't been modified since the beginning, and that's where the heirloom idea. That's what that's what it means to be an heirloom. And then metaphorically, so. how that would carry over, I think, to like the heirloom bison. What I mean by that is like if we just got rid of all fences, right. bison would do pretty well, I think. Let them, let them roam free. Right. I don't know about the other, all the other normal foods, how they would survive. <laughs> no, well, I, like I said, I love the, everyone's got to listen to the Shaman podcast from December of 29, December 29th. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy you enjoyed that. And I thank did. you for being on the show. Sure, absolutely. And I think I'm ready to enjoy some of uh, what else is going on in this awesome space we're in. Cool. Yeah. This room, I'm really stoked on this room. Nice. Well, well, thank you for being just here. Just a shout out to your audience too. If anyone wants to reach out to me and whatever, what's the best way? What's the website if you want to direct them to one? Um, I'm going to say rockandrollcookies.com because <laughs> wow. that's my future. That's what I really believe in right now. Rocking. How do you spell that? Just just so rock uh-huh. and roll. Just the like n rock n roll rock and the letter roll. n roll the letter n roll and you cookies, know rock and roll. Cookies. My last name is Roll. Okay. So, so the whole cookie company, the name came about because when I was a kid, 
They said, hey, rock and roll. You know, that was my That's nickname. interesting. People used to call me Iceman. <laughs> and I had the, uh, Ice I had, I had, I had Dan, I had my, one last little, I had a little red box, you know, <laughs> weed, bowl, dead, dead tickets, you know. <laughs> Hey, rock and roll! What's happening? You know. Uh, so you 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 had a fun box. You're yeah, saying? a little fun box. Uh, I always had it with me. You know. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> hilarious. The fun box. The yeah, little fun box. So I was the rock and roll box. You know. And oh man, it was that's it was. Hilarious. I mean, I that's just awesome. lived. I mean, I I I got the nickname, and that's where. I, and obviously, there's a powerful. Um, you know, the music we, I was raised with, I'm 50, I'm going to be 57 this year. You know, I was, you know, Zeppelin one came out when I was in high school, you know, and, uh, mm. Pink Floyd, the wall came out when I was then and Pink Floyd, you know, uh, that stuff was part of our culture. I, I, I always tell people I was born in 1964, the year the Beatles landed, you know, in America and, uh, God, I mean, think about the Beatles, you know? The Stones, the Who, you know, these these bands are just, they're eternal. Their music is going to live. I mean, the Grateful Dead's music will live forever, too. The Grateful Dead are nothing short of astounding uh, when you listen to the concerts deep into the music. And, you know, there was a beautiful, uh, we can maybe end here, there was a beautiful Hafiz poem. And Hafiz, again, I have to start committing some of these to memory, but, you know, it's kind of like the musician who finishes finishes the concert and ends on that one final note that's right to the end. They just ting and they just, you know, you'd hear the Grateful Dead kind of come to that and Jerry would just be like, boom. And you'd just be like, oh my God. And then you're like out in the parking lot. <laughs> yes. So oh, wow. yeah, one final note, dude, that's kind of a beautiful place to end because, you know, you, you see things through to that point, you know, and you just basically live, live it. Just go live, folks. Mm, Life right. is for living, as my Kundalini teacher says. We get to Daniel. We Look get that. to. It's an hour, it was one hour and one minute and one second when nice. you said that. Thank y'all. Keep breaking normal.